right, everybody. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. It is a party because today is the 100th episode of the Fallout Lorecast. And it has been uh, quite the journey so far. Thank you for joining me. Those of you who have made it into the live stream, welcome to the stream. Thank you for being here. This is now a regular thing on Monday nights. Uh, We're doing it an hour earlier because we have a bunch of guests and we're having kind of a party tonight. Normally, this would be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash robots radio. But welcome to all the live chat. Welcome to our guests for today. Let's go. Let's introduce everybody. These are some familiar faces. Some of you guys have seen the Fallout Hub live, so you're going to you're going to see uh, Ken and Dave here. Ken, how's it going? It's going well. Let me tell you. Well, well tell us. Well, tell us. Go, to go on. celebrate the 100th episode, I have a bottle of Chateau Saint-Michel, uh-huh. the finest Gurtstraminer available. Mm. Sounds fancy in French or something. Yes. War Machine 6,907. This episode is sponsored by. Right, right. So we have Ken. We also have Dave. Dave, how's it going? Hello. I have a fun fact. Uh, It's pronounced Gvertschmeiner. That rhymes with Hertzmoiner. I learned this in college in uh, geography of wine class. And it pairs well with Thai food. So maybe you can get some spicy noodle up in that mouth, Ken. Dave does some Mollier. (laughs) <laughs> I just wait till I go grocery shopping, man. It's like I will not buy from that five dollar shelf. <laughs> Fan- too fancy, too fancy. Um, so um, you might you might recognize these these two clowns from uh, Fallout Hub, <laughs> which we do together on Tuesdays. Um, and Ken also from the Chad uh, Fallout seventy six podcast. And Dave, you've got a new show, right? Yeah, I've got a new show uh, coming out Thursday called um, Geography Arcade. It's a weekly podcast about video games and geography. And our first episode is about Fallout 76, because where else are we going to freaking start? Yeah. And all of that stuff is on uh, Robots Radio. Also, one of my all-tune, all-tune favorite, man, words are just tough today. All-tune favorite streamers and probably the, what I would, what I would consider the best Fallout 76 streamer, Tuneversal. Tune. Tune, I'm yeah. talking about you, buddy. I know, right? I, I, I'm Welcome. looking for somebody else in the room here. Welcome. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me, robots. And a big congratulations on 100 episodes of the Fallout Lorecast. Congratulations, well, thank sir. Thank you very much. And if you aren't following him already, you need to go check out his streams. He streams daily in the mornings. Uh, Tuniversal. So twitch.tv slash Tuniversal. And then there's another uh, individual here who you may recognize from our episode last week. Uh, Lainey, my Hi. my daughter and also now regular co-host of the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome, Lainey. How's it going? Good. 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 Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so thanks for being here um so again thank you to all of everybody who shows up live and throughout this stream and and recording of this i'll be dropping in some uh some free packs of some crates for you guys to open up and uh use during game streams and things like that and my regular schedule now will be streaming in the evenings and then playing games with you guys so you're welcome to use those during regular streams so let's kick this off we are talking today about some of our favorite bits of lore, some of the things that we love the most about these wonderful games that make us want to create things and play them in front of people and act like total goofballs in front of a microphone and those kinds of things. So, Tune, you brought something today to share with us. What is I did. what is one of your favorite things about the lore? What, if, what can you share with us? So, you know, with Bethesda games like Elder Scrolls and, and Fallout, 
the attention to detail is incredible. And it's a, for me, it's a lot of little things that really uh, make the world more vivid and feel more alive. And one of the, one of the little things that I, that I have come to appreciate about Fall or a little tidbit of lore are the, uh, are the Pulaski uh, shelters that you see dotting the wasteland. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. These are super, super interesting because uh, it's, it's all about like, you know, saving yourself from nuclear fallout on a budget. They're coin operated. You see the blue ones in Fallout 4 and in, in 76, just, you know, all over the place. Uh, I think they're a different color, maybe in, maybe in three in the capital wasteland. But it, it's just fascinating because you, you don't know if this company was out to make a quick buck or if if they knew beforehand that the uh, that the uh, shelters would actually not protect you from radiation. Right. Uh, it's just it's just it's just incredible to think about, like in, in other, other post apocalyptic fiction that I read, there's always that one company or that one person that's out to make some money off of fear mongering or uh, just playing on people's emotions. And, you know, it's just interesting, interesting to think about these Pulaski shelters just being somewhere uh the people could duck in real quick and just whatever they had on them was what they had but they didn't supply water they didn't supply food so people we don't know if anybody survived coming out of these shelters we you know you find dead bodies in the shelter sometimes with with maybe a pistol like maybe they had to had to shoot themselves just to just to get rid of the pain or the or the starvation but uh for me the pulaski shelters are just a fascinating piece of of lore within the fallout universe yeah the whole thing is a little bit crazy because how long mm-hmm. can you possibly like so it, the numbers are something like three or four days without water three or four weeks without food three or four Did minutes you? without air or something like that right yeah. like that's yeah. one of those things so uh, the first thing you're going to run out of is water right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah so like yeah oh congratulations whatever you had on you at the time whatever, like, yeah. whatever you had on you yeah though the radiation will go away in a few days it'll be fine this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to survive without peaking ravioli? I know, right? Nobody thought of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a um, song. Every time I think of the Pulaski Shelters, there's a song by uh, Andrew Bird called Pulaski at Night. I don't know if you guys are fans of Andrew Bird, if you know who the musician Andrew Bird is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you should look him up. He's a he's an amazing musician, very talented guy. Anyway, there's a song called Pulaski at Night, which every time that comes up, the, the song just plays through my head. Um, yeah, I don't remember if the Fallout Three ones were a different color or not. That is, I don't know. You know, you remember. can't miss it. It's like it's, it's like a phone booth. Like they're they're on a lot of corners and just like mm-hmm. it's like, hey, protection on a budget. Duck in here. Yeah. You yeah. might survive. We don't know. We haven't tested these, but yeah. Yep. I think so, those are those are really good. I remember uh someone they've got like a, a um it's almost like a like contained world building within them. So like you said, you can find people in their clothes, but it always makes you wonder what person went into there. Yeah. Yeah. What was their story? And it's almost like yeah. bite sized and contained to that particular mm-hmm. area. that I particular really shelter, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know what's funny about this is that it resonates with me uh talking about this stream being for charity against government corruption like this sounds like it's right out of one of our headlines from today right this whole like mm-hmm. oh fires in california or a double hurricane coming to hit the southeast you know get in us get in a pulaski shelter today we haven't tested it out but it'll be fine you'll yeah. survive Thanks, cash or credit card <laughs> Right. Takes, yeah. You, you pay like a hundred bucks on your credit card. The thing opens up and lets you in. You get inside and then you look around and go, uh, <laughs> so now what? This is yeah. fine. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. And then you're the dog with the world burning around you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I need to do an episode on those. I need to look into it. I, I'm sure there's some lore. I bet there are some um, somewhere. There's there's got to be information about the company behind it. Uh, there's uh, there's got there's so much information buried in these games. There has to be a terminal mm. somewhere that talks about it, or at least a story where someone relates to like, yeah. So I went into the Pulaski shelter, and then that was a dumb idea. So I left, and now I'm in this building, and these are my final words, or you know, something like that. So I remember uh, some YouTuber eons ago had done an experiment where they went into it and they um, tested to see if it would actually protect you from radiation. Just with nuke mines stored around the exterior, and of course it doesn't. <laughs> of course it doesn't. Yeah. Also, with the Fallout Three uh, launch, when they did those prepare for the future videos, they had uh, a really sleazy car salesman-y kind of guy mm-hmm. who introduced the Pulaski shelters before uh, transitioning to Jangles, the Moon Monkey, and Captain Cosmos. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the kind of personality that would be advertising that kind of thing, for sure. Well, thanks, June. This was a this yeah. was a fun um, this is a fun thing. I definitely have to look look up more about this on a future episode. Laney, let's let's put some uh, let's put that down in the in the yeah in the old reservoir in the old noggin there for future <laughs> for future uh, potential topics. Laney, do you remember anything about the Pulaski shelters? Is this something that you remember coming across? Nothing in particular, just that they exist, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just kind of these little things that you don't pay any attention to until you, like Tune says, like you come up on one and you actually think about it and go, "How is this?" useful <laughs> she's just like what yeah. yeah totally all right dave what what are you talking about what's one of your favorite things about the lore one of my favorite things about the warrant uh, uh let's see i'm 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 debating between fire breathers and the pit but i i recently i went to pittsburgh maybe two months ago so i want to talk about the pit uh yeah the pit is probably one of the best contained fallout stories in, in, in the world. So essentially you're going into the city, which by the way is in Appalachia. Um, so maybe in the future, you know, that's my, oh. my theories out there. Oh. Um, it's one of those places that's also recreated. So if you're coming up from the South in, in Pittsburgh and you go through the tunnel, um, which is there, you go across the bridge. And the first time I went to Pittsburgh, I was like, Holy crap, this is like fallout three without, you know, the, the bodies hanging off the bridge, decapitated <laughs> and such. Um, the story itself is so ingrained in the culture of Pittsburgh, like with the steel production being at the last one in the, the wasteland um, with uh, this class system that's been worked into. Uh, you, you have these slave workers, you have the kind of upper class raiders that are forcing them to work. There's this rebellion against them. There's, there's problems with people working in, in the area and then you've got this like the lore behind that is like some like Warhammer 40k level stuff where they <laughs> walked into that town and it was called like the Great Scourge or something. Um, and the Brotherhood of Steel just like wrecked it all and and, and obliterated it all. Um, I think that you 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 don't have the story and 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 level of detail of fallout 76 without the pit and that's why it's probably my favorite Mm -hmm. it's really dark it's really yeah uh, and and what's interesting about this to me is that people generally associate the bethesda designed and written games as being lighter and sillier and the uh, obsidian games like the the original two 
and then uh, New Vegas as being darker and a little bit more gritty, right? Like the whole, a hmm. bunch of the stuff going on in New Vegas is dark. The Legion's dark. The expansions yeah. for that are dark. Uh, but then you have like, you know, Nuka-Cola world and, you know, and like crazy aliens showing up and all of these kinds of things in the Bethesda ones. But I think people don't give the pit enough credit for, you know, Bethesda really pulling a dark story. Right. And you're using circular saws and these things that you would find. Uh, I, I like when you find the weapons that have been used for a previous thing pre-war and then they get converted into something new for the fall. You know? Yeah. You know, uh, we don't have some of those for 76 yet, right? Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, there's some there's some stuff with the settlers. They came down from the pit, and this is pre-Warhammer 40K. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> It's a so long, a long time before Warhammer 40K. <laughs> maybe we are the Warhammer 40K. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the dark future. Maybe so. <laughs> Uh, did you guys play through that? Did any of you, the rest of you, play through it? I did. Uh, and the pit was almost too dark for me. I remember not enjoying the pit. Yeah, I, I remember when uh, they announced it, and then I think the trailer came out, and my initial reaction was like, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. Would you like to eat a baby? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, or Okay. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> oh my god, I thought we were supposed to kill children. I have I to remember, do it. Moral gray area. I remember when it launched, they had, so like now one of the big Bethesda bugs is um, you see the word chains just like written out mm -hmm. as, as it goes along, random things. Uh, back when they first released that, um, a bunch of the textures were converted into yellow question marks. And so as you'd walk, even like in, in the regular DC wasteland, everything just... Some things you'd come across a big yellow question mark and you're like, texture missing. Oh, yes. Moral ambiguity, my old nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the lore reason for that is. <laughs> People run around mm -hmm. just putting question marks on things, erasing the natural texture and just putting cartoon looking question mark. This is the Riddler. It's Banksy. Probably Banksy. out there. Yeah. It's mm. ba new Banksy's new art. Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh laney did you ever play the pit i don't know that you did no no yeah we'll have to yeah, we'll have to dive back into some of these old uh expansions again because they they aren't fresh in my mind you know like it's been i mean how long has it been since the pit was released 12 years yeah something like that yeah mm -hmm. i believe the 10-year anniversary for new vegas is coming up next month isn't it i think it launched october did it I, I read that today. If so, I want to be playing New Vegas next month. <laughs> I think it was 11 years ago um, that it released. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was longer yeah, than that. 11. Yeah, I tried, to, I tried to jump back into it with some mods and only got so far until it just started crashing on me. And then I was like, well, great. Okay. This is the experience. <laughs> so, cool. It's a good experience, though. It's a it's a good the, the mods crashing everything experience, yeah. That's you know, great speaking of speaking of our favorite lore, and I, I, you know, no Fallout discussion can be uh, really had without talking about the bugs and the crashes. Um, my f one of my first playthroughs was completely wrecked. Uh, Fallout three was playing through Fallout three, and remember in Fallout three, you're in the capital waste. There's all those um, raised 
uh, highways interconnecting yeah. and kind of over and they're kind of broken up and there's places you can go on them and people are bunk you know bunkered down up in them and those kinds of things and there was a bug that I found where it had been a few hours since it autosaved because I was just walking around out in the wastes and worked my way up onto one of those like raised highways and hadn't saved it recently and then all of a sudden for no reason I wasn't jumping over geometry I was just walking my character just fell through the through the, the road and I plummeted like 50 feet to my death and then it was like Meh. You, di- you died but for some reason I think I like auto saved it like right as it started to happen so oh, no. I was so I was like, okay, well, I just auto-saved it, so I loaded, and all of a sudden it loads, and I go, ah, through, through the geometry again. So I was in this, like, Sisyphusian, like, a loop of, you know, Groundhog Day loop or whatever, yeah. of just falling through geometry. Just dying and the, over and over yeah, again. The, the previous save was something like five hours previous, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so it killed, my, it killed my experience for about a week or two until I was like, okay, I'll go back and play through that five hours again. And then eventually continued the game. But yeah, had that actually taken hold, I would have just given up. And I, I was almost at that point. But it it was one of those games where enough people were playing it. And I was like, OK, people are saying this is good. I need to get back into it. I need to get past where I was. I was only maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours in at the time. So, yeah. And then eventually was able to complete it. But yeah. If you like Tranquility Lane, you will love Purgatory Falls. Purgatory Falls. <laughs> I need to go back into that game and try to figure out what, where that location is, because I bet you can still fall through the ground if you just happen to step on a certain spot where, like, the geometry is just at the wrong angle and you just kind of clip. Right. Yeah. So that's that's my favorite bit of lore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken, I know you've got something really fun uh, for us. I do. Ken, Ken is in a very particular mood. During the pre-show, he uh, he popped in and um, sounded like a, a creepy old man because I couldn't see him on camera. And he was like, hello. <laughs> so, uh, voice actors. <laughs> so what are you ringing, Ken? What are we talking about? Put your tinfoil hats on, fellas, because we are going quite deep. How deep? I received a mysterious envelope shoved under my door. It read Virtual Strategic Solutions. Upon opening it, I discovered an interesting conspiracy theory that brings us all the way back to the very beginning, Fallout 1. Back in Fallout 1, as you are reading through the manual, you read a little bit about the work of vault Research Group, along with Virtual Strategic Solutions, creating the SimTech 5000. Uh, it was designed as a experience for vault dwellers to become reacclimated to the outside world, to experience what it would be like to live in a post-apocalyptic world. That dated back to Fallout One, but more recently in Fallout Three, um, we had a direct experience with it when we finally caught up with Doctor Stanislaus Braun, Dad in uh stepped into tranquility lane to meet braun for the first time oh braun um, virtual strategic solutions was a, a pre-war contractor for the united states military that developed virtual reality solutions um the tranquility lane pods 
that in Fallout 4 you you run into that are more being used for leisure were corrupted um, in Vault 112 for more nefarious purposes by Braun. Um, they have a really interesting history in terms of the game itself um, and have been woven through each one of the games. One of the more creepy uh, entries has to do with a theory for Fallout 76. And there's a very particular terminal entry that is located right inside um, the Enclave bunker. And it reads as follows. Secretary Eckhart, please, you need to listen to me. None of the other members will take me seriously, but I believe this is of the utmost importance. We are slaves. I've been running some tests, and I believe I've stumbled upon what I believe to be conclusive evidence that we are trapped playing someone else's game. Virtual Strategic Solutions' game, that is. Everything around you, Mr. Secretary, is a simulation, a projection onto your brain. VSS has trapped us in here and is up to us to break free. The key to our escape, I believe, lies in a small town in what we perceive to be China. It's the link to VSS's external network. If we destroy it, it will shut down the simulation. I believe finally we will be free. I cannot tell you exactly why we've been imprisoned. Perhaps this is a test by the upper ranks to make us earn our way into their good graces. Perhaps VSS has trapped us in here to prevent the Enclave from stopping whatever nefarious acts they're currently visiting about the world in our absence. But we must do something, Mr. Secretary. To fail to act is to give up the only thing that makes us men, our freedom. That's some Matrix-level stuff right there. <laughs> There's been a long-running kind of fan theory because of some um, incongruities with Fallout 76, especially when we get into kind of Atom Shop drops, which technically should not exist timeline-wise. Yeah, so like been communist power armor theory. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ranger armor. Yeah, that kind of stuff yeah. that just doesn't make sense timeline-wise that uh, fans are wondering if 76 and some of its odd incongruities are part of a simulation. Um, but mentioning China as being um, a fail-safe to shut down the experiment if it's destroyed. Also in Tranquility Lane, the way that we get out, if you don't assist Braun, is to find that fail-safe sequence that just involves kind of manipulating and touching objects to escape. That uh, kind of creepy tinfoil hat matrixy stuff is one of my favorite bits of lore. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's also one of those things that the developers do where they kind of break the fourth wall. And it's just a nod to <laughs> you're playing a video game and some of the characters are figuring that out. <laughs> yep. You know, like when Ferret told us that they purposely do that to give us stuff to talk about and theorize about. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. There's I'm sure there's a well. And, and he even said that they they write out bits of the lore and then they just delete things. It's not that they just remove them and keep them in a file somewhere. They just sometimes they just delete them. And they just go, well, here's a, here's a hole, and there's no official answer anymore. It's gone. There's That's, only one man on Earth who knows. Yeah, it's it's only like in, in the guy who wrote its head. It's not actually written down anywhere. That's that's amazing. It's it's also kind of cool from that stance of um, historically, that's what history does, right? Yeah. Like, you get far enough for, well, well, two things. History is always based on the perspective of the person who writes it, right? So the, the whole quote of, like, the, the victors write the history and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's also just anybody who is around who wrote it is going to have their own particular 
perspective on it. You know, that's why you have multiple versions of many historical stories. Um, but also, if nobody's around to record it, it disappears. It's like it never happened or there's right. gigantic holes and you have to play detective, try to piece things together. But ultimately, you only come down to probabilities. You go, well, it's most likely that this is the thing that fills that hole. But we really don't know. And that this is another one of those things that I think is really cool about game design and cooperative storytelling and those kinds of things. And I've talked about this on the show before, is that like that it actually mirrors reality because that's the way the real world works. There's no, you know, there's no God perspective on the history of of mankind. We can't get that perspective ourselves. Um, we also think about um, the more removed we are from people that we experience firsthand a generation or two away, people become a historical construct where we remember them for memorable acts, but not necessarily get a full picture of who they are. They became kind of, they become a, a two-dimensional abstract. Like, right. Yeah, like even right. our founding fathers were very complex people yeah. who, you know, weren't the kind of paragons of virtue right. <laughs> like we were right. taught in school, but you find out more about them that they were flawed humans like the rest of us right right and and yeah and we we like to boil things down when it comes to this is another one of those topics we like to boil things down to a very simplified picture of something you know like thomas jefferson was pro-slavery you know or something like that right but maybe he was during certain parts of his life and maybe he wasn't during other parts of his life maybe he was conflicted internally about it maybe he was when it came to uh finance and money but he was against it when it came to personal morals um, and he had to make a decision publicly, which painted him a certain way. But in his personal life, he effectively believed and acted differently. You know, like no person is two dimensional. We all have yeah, these like, complexities. Abraham Lincoln was like that, where historically we were presented that he had a very particular idea. But the reality of the Civil War and why things were done and was incredibly complicated that we're still debating to this day. Yeah. The 25 year old version of you is not the same person as the 30 year old version of you. It's not the same as the 40 year old version of you. Like it, it depends on when you wrote something, wrote something or what you believed at that time or what your life experience was like at that time. And things can change on a daily basis. Like that's the other thing is that human beings, we change regularly. You know, like if you ask me today, what's your favorite food? I might say, you know, I might be buddy bot and say pizza. Uh, but if you ask me tomorrow what my favorite food is, I might say, you know, I really love a really good, you know, Mexican dish. Like it just, you know, like it, it depends. Like we change. We, we, we fluctuate. None of us are at the end of our story. And when we're at the end of our story. The Mothman's Ranger gave Buddy Bot a <laughs> slice of pizza. <laughs> Mothman's Ranger gave Buddy Bot a slice of pizza. Yay, thanks for the pizza. Well, good good job, buddy. Bot. You got some pizza. Um, if anybody's listening on the podcast version of this, the audio version, wondering what's going on, uh, during the live stream, there are cards that you can collect that um, you can play during the streams. So uh, there are a number of, there's actually slices of pizza, and then there are entire pizzas. You can give Buddy Bot an entire pizza if you want, and he's just going to love it. He just loves pizza. Um, yeah, that's, that's such a cool... It, this is why it's possible to do a lore cast that's this is why it's possible for me to get through 100 episodes of this podcast and still have plenty of content to do is that these kinds of topics can be referred to and are added into the you know the content of these games but then they connect to so many things you know right. and and we've talked with some of the creators before and, and we the things that 
the original designers were pulling from um th there's this culture of post-apocalyptic literature from 20 something years ago that has influenced a lot of things but this is one of those games where it plugged into that kind of stuff and so much of so much of those concepts and the ideas that we were dealing with right at the end of the 20th century are in some ways playing themselves out today and were kind of prescient you know they're kind of uh i don't know predictive in some ways um so it is really kind of interesting to you know it's kind of strange to see some of this stuff play out um some of the you know one of the other things that i find so interesting about about these games is the the way that they portray society and the the pre-war society as being like candy coated and everything's all nice and perfect and yet deep underneath everything it's all just rotten um and there's there's always that like dynamic between the two up oh, somebody else i'm getting all sorts of notifications on the stream <laughs> wrote in and said while fallout is so u.s centric and nationalistic i do wonder about the impact of these global corporations outside of the usa mm -hmm. so kind of building off what you were saying about these like white picket fences and what have you do you all think that the united states and that that culture that it has is so tied to fallout that we won't really see any other countries or do you think that we eventually will I think they alluded to the fact that um, we would be journaling, we could possibly be doing expeditions outside of. I believe Jeff Gardner uh, in the interview with the Netherlands um, stream at QuakeCon had mentioned that they're exploring ways to take us outside the United States. I could have sworn he said that, in mm -hmm. which case that would be amazing to be able to to see other parts of the world in some fashion and be able to see what happened to them create some really unique experiences i think that, i'm curious um oh, the, sorry. to answer your question the mainline games i i would be very surprised to see a mainline game come out that is primarily focused on an out of the u.s location but um with fallout 76 they're opening themselves up to years of potential content um, so I think it would be really cool to use Fallout 6 as a, a device to explore somewhere out of the U.S. I mean, they've already gone to space, so yeah, they've got that. I'm curious. I'm curious about the rest of the world and how much like the, the United States culture has influenced others. Mm. So is it going to be like if we go to a, a place like in, in Europe that is in, in that, I guess, Chinese, Russia, communist um marketing campaign we're gonna see a lot more american stuff and everybody kind of being like these god dang americans you know i yeah. don't know what i would love was, i would love god dang americans i'm from the south but i don't like america very much um i would love to see a european location like we go to germany or somewhere yes. and see like division between like the american capitalists and like the communist influence on europe europe trying to like win over Europe to their cause. And so you, you have like mm -hmm. conflict, you have signs like picket signs left over from before the war. You have, uh, you show all of that conflict. Plus there's the, um, the, the resource wars and stuff that were going on, the yeah. fuel wars. Um, and right. you have Europe and then you have the middle East. So you can have some of the conflicts going on there. Um, you have a severe lack of oil. So I'm sure that you would have, um, 
I'm, I'm just thinking about like what would the world have looked like in Europe in 2076, right? Like they don't really, they're missing oil. So cars probably aren't used anymore. Um, they had to get nuclear power from the U.S., but I'm sure it was very expensive. So you probably had the haves who had it, but you had the have-nots who don't. So were they back to like horses and buggies? Like, what was what was society like for the last few decades before the bombs dropped in Europe? Bicycles, bicycles. Yeah. You get some awesome juxtaposition there to have it almost be like England was. We're talking 1500s, 1600s, where there's a serious division between wealthy aristocratic people living semi-futuristic lives and people who are basically living like it's the dark ages. Yeah, yeah. well, right. and, and one of the things that they do in Fallout is they they take like a historical view of the future. So in the US, it's the 50s and 60s projected into the future, right? But what if you go back to Europe and it's like Victorian times projected into the future? That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be, be so cool. That would be, yeah, stylistically, that would be great. <laughs> All right. So we do know that some of the developers at Bethesda do listen to our shows. So, uh, guys, we've got some ideas for you. You know who to contact. Ferret, take notes. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, yeah, yeah, we already had that idea. Good, good I'm one. Sure they're like, Haha, never paid. You're not. <laughs> we're paid. To, we're paid to do this, and that idea is already 12 years old. Thanks for coming up with it anyway. Thank you. What other th- kinds of things do you think we would see out in the rest of the world? I mean, you have other locations. You have South America. You have Canada. Um, the U.S. took over, basically like took on, over Canada. Go ahead. I like depending on location, you know, for things that are in North America, a lot of them weather-wise are really, like the climate is relatively the same around most of it. If you go to other places in the world, you would come across other situations where they have to deal with the weather in different ways. I think that would be really interesting to see people who live in the snow all the time, things like that, how they've managed to survive, even though it's a wasteland in, you know, freezing cold all the time or whether it's a desert and it's super hot, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Dave and I talked about this a little bit on the last Fallout Hub. We were talking about like changes they could make to Appalachia in 76. And one of them would be if they brought in like winter weather. Mm. And some of the locations and especially up in the mountain regions where those the, like the ski slopes and stuff and and to make it still feel new, but different with different weather. But, yeah, you could have um, I mean, you're going to have climate uh, changed because of the bombs dropping in across the world. Right. So areas that are arid are going to become more arid areas that are wet might become more wet uh, areas that are cold might become colder. So, yeah, you could have, you know, like, what, 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 is, what is it like in Russia during this time period? You know, is it absolutely yeah. frozen? Is, is it going to be like playing Metro? Metro? I think that another thing you'd have to consider, though, if someone did want to tackle that as a setting, is just that, like, the harder that it gets to live in an area, the less likely people are to survive. So even if people do initially survive or even travel to those areas of the world, how long would they be there? Would there be something to make a game out of? Would it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, things yeah. might just go away. Speaking of seasons, does anyone... Uh, uh, with previous Fallout games, I was a season whore. Every time the seasons changed, especially here in New England, there are mods out there where you could make it autumn where you know leaves are falling and it's decorated for Halloween. Or uh, There's some really great winter mods for Fallout 4 and Fallout 3 that looked really good. I always enjoyed doing that with the change of season. So yeah, bringing that to 76 would be awesome. 
the yeah. fact that this the fact that the the weather and the seasons like it's it's like in in Appalachia it's like you're frozen in fall like the foliage remains you know autumn orange and yellows it kind of feeds my conspiracy can that in Fallout 76 we are in a simulation it's and the fact that you can fight Earl the new Wendigo Colossus over and over and over again right or kill the Scorch Beast Queen over and over and over again yeah. and yet never solve the Scorch problem yeah. Yeah, that that does make sense. Tune, you, the reign of terror ends, and then five minutes later, when it gets killed again, oh, the reign of terror ends! <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we did it! Yay, we did it! <laughs> it's over and over and over. Have you seen my dad, Earl? Have you seen my dad, Earl? I'm looking for my dad, Earl. <laughs> so, Tune Sorry, is, Margaret. is now on uh, PC. You've you've upgraded. He's one of us now. Yep. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> Boo. Boo. Boo hit. Have you us. have you considered uh, installing like a Fallout Four or Fallout Three and putting some mods on it? And playing, you that know, game? I played Fallout Four with some mods on the Xbox. Like, there's plenty of mods yeah. for it, yeah. and um, I did throw a couple in. One time, I I tried streaming Fallout Four with a playable super mutant and trying to talk like a super mutant the whole time was <laughs> was a daunting was a daunting task to say the least. Give us some of the super mutant I've heard. It talk about way. having sore throat after broadcast over and over again. That's amazing. Yes. We don't like we don't yeah. like sore throat. Yeah, T- uh, Tune has a uh, I don't know how do you do those cartoons? You do these like machinima cartoon things. You, you use them on your stream all the time. You've got like the super yeah. mutant guy who comes up during your break and, and those kinds of things. What do you what do you do those in? Uh, Give away your it's secrets. A, it's a secret. Oh, it's a secret. All right, we'll have to talk. Mm, out. We'll have to talk yeah, off stream. Trade secret. Trade secret. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's awesome. Um, I love. I love when people get creative with this stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> the mods. Um, speaking of mods, this is something that we're going to talk about in our uh, patron episode next week with all of our patrons. Um, do you guys have favorite mods? Do you have any mods that stand out that you're like, oh yeah, this is this was my go-to. I loved installing this. For me, I follow Ken's uh, steps and put in some shaders, put in some graphical mods on um, 76, and it really made made the landscape pop and, and some of those colors pop a little more, made it a little bit, had a little more depth and uh, a little more realism to it. So graphical yeah. mods are my go-to. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, same here Hi. with uh, New Vegas and Fallout 3. Even now, if you install Tale of Two Wastelands and crank out the, the, the 4K, 2K graphics mods, the game's you know, aren't as polished as Fallout 4 or 76, but they still look really good and you can get some nice photorealistic effects. Mm-hmm. Dave? Yeah, I like, since I can't do a lot of the the fancy graphical things with my, you know, fancy um, <laughs> the tax filing machine that I've... <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to do uh, balance changes. Uh, and so on Fallout 4, I like to do it where it's... Uh, Everything is a little more dangerous, so like guns actually hit like guns. So a shotgun is going to be like, yeah, take your head off, devastating, right? Yeah, and then it, it kind of descales all the levels. So if I kill a raider with some crazy, like they they could have like some crazy good armor on them, um, then I get it. It feels more. I like balancing it so that everybody is kind of equal um, mm-hmm. when you go and play that game. I, I kind of like that aspect to it. So I guess like they're doing that balance change here soon in 76. Maybe I'll enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Did you guys ever do the survival mode in Fallout 4? 
Yeah. I didn't do it on stream because of the, 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 the not being able to fast travel. So I, I didn't want to spend my time on stream just walking somewhere. Uh-huh. So I, I always I played on very hard, but I never played on survival. That's funny because um, back when I years ago, when I first started streaming, um, people knew me for playing Skyrim. And one of the things I very specifically did was I role played my character and my character was afraid of horses. And so you couldn't fast travel without a horse to take you somewhere. Right. So I walked everywhere, but I had to like be very creative as a streamer and try to stay interesting while walking places. So that's what I did. Um, yeah. So I had exactly the opposite experience where I, I hindered myself from fast travel. Um, <laughs> the other thing I tried to do in Fallout 4, I, I tried streaming this for a little while, was doing a um, survival ver- you know, uh, mode or whatever that is, where everything gets really hard and whatever. Um, and I also installed a mod that has an alternative start. Have you ever tried those? Where it just yeah. like places you somewhere in the world. Well, it stuck me right in like a raider camp. With a bunch of people who are like 30 levels above me. And that's how I started the game on stream. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I had to just that's run exciting. out of the camp. Yeah. It was one of those things where you got hit like twice and you died. So I had to run out of the camp and dodge behind trees and try not to get shot by these these raiders. I um, watched that. It's great content. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I think I played like twice and then I just gave up on it because I was like, this is too hard. I can't even get back to the beginning areas of the game. <laughs> this is too difficult. Um Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Lainey, did you ever do mods? Did you ever play much with mods? Um, not in any of the early runs, but in Fallout 4 I did. What kinds of mods did you like? Um, mostly ones that made it feel like I was playing The Sims. So I so. would... <laughs> anything I could do to, like, make the setting more interesting. And, like, I did one that completely changed the way that, um... The first... The first where you start the game. What's it called? Uh, san- sanctuary. Sanctuary. It completely redid what Sanctuary looked like. It turned it into essentially like an apartment complex and then i got to go in every single room and make a different room like i spent hours just like building things in what used to be sanctuary so most of my mods were like about the aesthetics of the game so she hasn't gotten into 76 yet i'm trying to get her into 76 um 
there's a huge building component in 76. Um, oh, yeah. I, I saw a picture recently where somebody created a, um, ba- it was basically fallout shelter. It was a fallout shelter building. And hilarious. It was, oh, yeah. it, you looked at it from one side and it was completely open and you could see it's each amazing. of the individual rooms with their own lighting and each room was built to do a certain thing like in fallout shelter. Really cool idea. I was like, oh Good my idea. God, how do, how is how have I not come across this yet? Why am I not making my own fallout shelter building? That sounds awesome. So yeah, we got to really like we got to get into this system in four. That's really good. All of the different settlers and it, 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 I guess in seventy six you do a lot. There's a lot more building and and you're kind of left to your own devices like that. But you're pretty much like you're you're pretty much the king in or, or queen in in Fallout Four. Once you get all of the different your your vassals, then you're like, okay, guess what? Your job, you're gonna go scoop some cow poop. You're gonna go pick some tomatoes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's such a a control that you have over it that it's uh, I've really seen that in a game I guess since like maybe Fable Two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Fable, there's a new Fable on the horizon. That's exciting. Yep. I saw that. That looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fable was great. It was one of those games that really your character changed based on your decisions and stuff, which connects back to fallout three with the whole morality system which kind of went out the door at one point um i kind of that to be honest with you yeah, yeah i kind of wish they would do that with 76 with the mutations um where it's like if you have a marsupial it's like okay your feet are now kangaroo legs or you have a pocket now <laughs> right yeah you have a little pocket you can put a little a plush version of yourself in there um mm-hmm. i, I kind of wish that the character appearances were more modified for those mutations it's just like i wish that races like uh, being a ghoul or super mutant or so on and so forth um yeah i want the game i want this is okay so let's let's finish up the episode with some things that we would absolutely love for them to add to 76 and if i could choose anything at all and it's a little bit out there it would be that it would be a, being able to make a character that's not a human and fall 76 goal. War Machine 6971 yeah. bloody bot to take over Lay for one verse. minute. Yeah, I want to be a super mutant. I want to, or a robot. I want to be a robot. Um, so thank you for the uh, for using the buddy bot one. You can't, you can't. Buddy bot doesn't take over the stream while we're recording a podcast. By the way, on the live channel. <laughs> but when we get to the stream afterwards, when I'm playing a game, uh, we can definitely do that. Buddy can. Buddy bot will start playing. Uh, the game with us. Um, what have you done, Tom? What have you done? What have I done? What have I done? There's notes on some of these cards that say things like "doesn't work while recording a podcast" because you can't just have BuddyBot take over. Oh, Millet One gave BuddyBot an entire pizza. Gave BuddyBot an entire pizza. I got an entire pizza. That's amazing. Thanks so much. Oh, BuddyBot. <laughs> it looks like I'm doing his voice, but I just know what he's going to say ahead of time, and then yeah, I just, I just puppet him. for him. Yeah, we talked about yeah. it last time. He is yes. puppeteering you. He's puppeteering me. That's correct. So this is yeah. yeah so uh, j- for anybody who is not familiar with this, we uh, have consolidated the lore. BuddyBot is in my brain. He's like a chip inside my head, and so BuddyBot and I are are the same person at this point, which I think confirms some people's suspicions. Maybe that's why it's robot with an S. Robots? Yes, it's plural. It's plural. Dual personality. Dual personality. All right, so I would. that's what I would add to 76. What would you guys add to 76? It could be anything at all. It doesn't have to be reasonable. What would you add? 
I want to see a a season of content where we have to fight aliens and like we get this new in-game boss we have to fight like a spaceship or something like yeah. that. And there's little aliens that populate the, you know the area you come across random encounters with the aliens. I think uh more alien content would be fantastic in Fallout 76 and a whole season surrounding that. Oh my god, yes. The Zetons with their yeah, little Zetons, yeah. voices. That'd be great. That'd be so good. What about what about you guys, Dave? Ken? Uh, well, uh, outside of my my race uh, idea that that um, which I stole the, with the different, it's which my, you stole. It's mine now because I'm the host. Show. It's my show. It's your show. It's my show. Uh, if I could like pitch, if I could pitch like a mode, a uh, roguelike mode where you essentially like uh, maybe it's from by the brother who steals something. You go to a gate and they're like, all right. You go out there and it's like heavily radiated. It's like the um, it's like the corner of uh, the Fallout Four map with the um, the bomb where it dropped, and you got to go out there. And I forgot the name of that area. Yeah, the, like the, the really irradiated area. The uh, yeah, it, it, essentially like that. And it's like you go there, you get the resources. There's going to be crazy monsters. There's going to be all this different stuff, and it's not like a nuke where it's like sometimes it happens and, and you never know. Like it is a, a roguelike experience. The farther you go out, the harder it is, and then you got to bring that back. I think that that would be a cool way to to bump up that like survival element to the game. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I like that. I love. I love. I like road roguelikes. I love playing through yep. games where you have to incrementally get better at it, both through experience and through leveling. And you get mm-hmm. further and further and further. I think that would be really cool. That's a really neat, yeah, neat I'll idea. I'll get to work on it. We'll start. Thank here. you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we have some comments in here. Um, uh, Jessica Starr says, off map place anywhere build zone with mountain plains and caverns. That would be very cool. Uh, off camper expanded the map. Uh, the glowing sea. Um, thank you to E-March. Um, that was the glowing sea. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> more adorable robots to be our friends. Jessica Starr says again. <laughs> uh, Chef says, "I want to play as a Zeton." <laughs> that would be great. That would be amazing. You know, it'd be awesome is if because you can talk in game with other people you run, run across. But if you're a Zeton, it automatically translates your voice into just gibberish. <laughs> it's just, just a voice modulator comes in. Right. It just sounds like and like. What's the dialogue when they show up to the settlement? <laughs> so, um, oh, is there, I'm, something else I missed on here. Uh, I want to be a sentry bot. Uh, no, compa- not companions like in Fallout Four. I'm looking forward to it. instance camps. Oh, I see. Yeah, make it happen, Bethesda. Ken, what would you add? Yes. What do you think? A return to the karma system. If you're a wasteland monster uh, who takes workshops and you know blows out houses or. Uh, helps little old ladies uh, cross the crater. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That should count towards a karma system. Uh, and then you you either have raiders who who come hunting you, or crazy old ladies who pummel you to death with uh, rolling pins and canes. That would be awesome. Or or if you're a, a known duper who's a, a terrible human <laughs> being, or any any of these other things that people are like, oh my god, these people are ruining the game. You only get matched up in games with other people who do the same things you do. There have been some great examples <laughs> of previous games who troll players who employ cheats. Yeah. By, like, unleashing some kind of hell spawn boss that just... 
will never go away. Yeah. Yeah. What if what if you only grouped with other people who like if you if you dupe a bunch of stuff, you only ever group with other people who dupe stuff. If you if you cheat the game and you float through the air, well, guess what? You're only playing with other people who float through the air. Gods and monsters. Yeah. Or maybe it (laughs) welcome to the gods and monsters server. It duplicates the player character, and then that's always hunting you, your evil twin. <laughs> your two, the ultimate troll move. But they have a goatee. <laughs> but they have a goatee, yeah. They right. have a, yeah patch over one eye. Yeah. Oh, I heard you like duping. Well, I have a surprise for you. I have all the same weapons you have. Plus seven. <laughs> and a hairless cat. <laughs> Just to add in a funny thing to go along with it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of, that would be cool to have pets follow you around in the game. That would be neat. I want a dog. It's asking too much, I think. Yeah, probably. We got to get players to walk in a straight line first. (laughs) Then we can talk (laughs) about having pets. (laughs) We got to crawl before we um, build the automobile and set off on our first adventure in a Model T. (laughs) I'd like to be able to ride a bike. There are lots of those in the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of laying around. Horses. Kentucky's right there. They got that derby. They got those big. I mean, and now <laughs> we're talking. Horses. We're talking mounts. Like, what if you could just ride a, a Brahmin? What if you just like yeah. ride a Brahmin around? That would be awesome. I could see like um, like future Fallout games having having like a mechanic perk system where you could like fix up cars, and the higher your perk is, the more you can do with your car. Uh, and then you can actually drive around in future Fallouts when you know yeah. technology catches up and can support big worlds riding around in them like that. Yeah, yeah, they'd all have to be like ATV vehicles, though, because none of the roads are. Well, it starts out like that. You start off like, you know, bicycle, then it's like motorcycle <laughs> and then Corvega. And you can soup up your Corvega with stuff. Oh, man. Well, I mean, they had cars in the in what Fallout 2. Fallout 2 had a car. Was in it. Fallout 2, yeah. 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 Have they showed what horses look like? Because in my head, I'm picturing like cat dog. Like one head on a horse, head. a horse on each end. Yeah, a horse, horse on each end. Yeah, it doesn't matter which way you get on it. You, you know, maybe it's forward. Maybe it's just like maybe it's just like chicken horse. It's like a horse on one side and a chicken on the other. Maybe <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head. I think those two things like represent barnyard animals or something. Uh, hashtag chicken horse. Chicken horse. <laughs> horse. That needs to be a T-shirt. If any of our because artists, are you friends. writing this down? Chickens, horses, put them together. Brilliant idea. Uh, Chef Jay said a horse with chicken legs. There you go. Horse with chicken legs. I mean, once we're talking about mutations, you can do basically anything, right? So, right. Yeah. And FEV is does some crazy stuff, too. So, yeah. All right. So if you could have any existing creature in the game as a rideable mount, which would you choose? Ward. Ward? <laughs> Dude, he has I was going to say Preston Garvey. You but... don't want to ride that boy when he's got all his <laughs> he likes to. He likes to get around. He's, you know, sometimes he's in a chair. Sometimes he's horizontal. Sometimes <laughs> he's, he's standing up to his bunk bed. He's got dark powers. Yeah. yeah. I want to ride that. Ride the dark powers. I would go with either a mega sloth or... No, here's the one. The giant hermit crab inside the bus. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I wanted to come out of the the bus. I wanted to be like, yeah, he comes out, you hop on top, and he goes and scatters across the like environment. 
Yeah, he 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 needs like a, a funny horn too that you can press, like that plays Dixie or something, you know. Yeah, the Dukes of Hazard horn. <laughs> <laughs> or like it played sure. or like Cucaracha. Yeah. anymore, but uh, yeah. Or what if you had like yeah, a giant rad roach that had a, like a Cucaracha horn? There you go. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. or two rad roaches, one for each foot. Yeah, with like a la- like, like uh, reins. Yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. Just, just thinking that a pair of crave kick it, a pair of crave, cave crickets on my feet because those guys will kill anything. Yes, you miss some cave crickets. Yes, or just to sit on I'll the back of like right. a uh, um ah, what's the what's the really creepy ghoul, the really big one with the long arms. It's one of the, uh, so, Wendigo. The Wendigo. Wendigo. I want to sit on the Wendigo's oh, shoulders Wendigo. and just have it like around. Yeah. But the, the creature that I want is the Grafton monster because that way I can like plaster myself on the back and beat yeah. his head. And then I'm like Hulk Buster. Yeah. Like I'm like the Incredible Hulk walking around, slapping some people up, throwing some tar from my pores. Yes. Weird. <laughs> Surprised none of us said Scorch Beast. On the fly, yeah. Yeah. riding around like the Lord of the Rings. Too obvious. And that was cool. You have to, yeah. you have to learn three cool. shouts, and then you got to go to the other realm and fight the Dream Scorch Beast, and then. Oh wait, wrong game. Sorry, <laughs> Laney. What what kind of creature would you use as a mount? Give me from- Mothman. The Mothman? <laughs> would Can you I... would you hang on to its back? <laughs> would you like would you just put your arms around yeah, it? Like its a little head? Ride. Yeah, like a piggyback ride. Oh, You're flying on him all of a sudden yeah. he disappears. But that might be dangerous. Wait, consider <laughs> consider this with like a bright light anywhere. Like an explosion goes off my and just go straight to it. You'd be screwed. Right to it. Yeah. 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 And in <laughs> the game nineties cartoon that would be. <laughs> my Mothman and me. <laughs> in the game they kind of go like up into the air and then they come down again like you could just use it to like teleport across the the environment just and then all of a sudden yeah. just drop somewhere else what if when it landed it encompassed you in the wings and then teleported mm. you and so like you're hanging out with your buds and you're like all right guys i got i got i got stuff to do and that's how fast travel happens folks it is that's how batman disappears so quickly when he's done talking to people we just figured Love it out that. Mothman, he's buddies, buddies with the Mothman. All right, guys. Um, uh, Laney, I'd ask you about what you wanted to add to seventy six, because uh, but you haven't really played. No, it. yourself, I'll add myself. Yes, we need to add you to it. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk, uh, guys. Thank you for joining me. This has been super fun. Um, hopefully, we'll get through another hundred episodes. Um, I'm planning. Yeah. I'm not planning on stopping. So that's that's the plan um and i will be back here regularly at this nine o'clock 9 p.m 6 p.m uh hour on twitch.tv slash robots radio on monday so um thank you chat for joining us and i hope you guys come back next time but i'm not going anywhere we're going to wrap up this episode and then i will be streaming some fallout 76 and um you guys are welcome. I don't know if you're you're playing games tonight or if you have other plans, but you're welcome to join me as well. And we could go do some meat week or something or whatever. So I'll be knocking that out. Mothman's Ranger is freaking out. <laughs> Mothman's Ranger is freaking out. Um, let's go through everybody. And uh, well, first of all, thank you all for joining me. And let's go, having us. let's go back through in reverse order and talk about where people can get a hold of you and any cool things that people should know about. Lainey. How can people get hold of you? Um, right now, I'm just on Discord as Neos Pandora, um, N-E-O-S-P-A-N-D-O-R-A. But anyone can reach out to me there. Mm-hmm. And your crazy cat in the background. 
Laney has- Am I crazy cat? That's sushi. That's I have sushi. two cats, sushi and noodle. Sushi <laughs> and awesome. noodle, which sounds like a wonderful dinner. Yep. All right. It's scrumptious. <laughs> Tune, how can people get a hold of you? You can catch me Monday through Friday streaming right here on Twitch, uh, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, uh, doing a lot of Fallout 76 content and other Bethesda games when they pop up. Um, on uh, on Twitter, it's at Tuniversal, and Facebook and Instagram are Tuniversal TV. Awesome. Yeah, go join it. Go jump in there. I'm, I'm usually lurking in there uh, days when, lurking. I'm, when I'm just working on stuff. Every so often I pop in and go, Tune. Um, <laughs> Dave, how can people get a hold of you? Well, first off, let me say uh, that it has been a pleasure to know you and you are so kind and organized and very creative and have gotten so fantastic at podcasting. It's awesome. Uh, so congratulations on the 100 episodes. Well, shucks. Uh, thanks. Well, now you got to get tissues out and cry. Um, All right. <laughs> but you can find me um, at the new podcast at Geography Arcade comes out Thursday. Um, I talk about growing up in Appalachia and the home place in anthropology. So get ready for that. Um, comes out Thursday. Um, Geography Arcade. Subscribe now. Awesome. Ken? You can find me uh, with our season two, which is now in production, will be coming out next month, um, which is going to be a big one with uh, several guest stars, including... Um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, you can also find me at Fallout 76 Podcast on Twitter, social media things. Um, you can find Chad wherever Chads are sold, Osco, CVS. <laughs> wherever Chads are You can buy Chads? Why not? Sure. Um, also, uh, Ken, and Dave and I, Ken and Dave and I do the Fallout Hub Tuesdays, 5 p.m. slash 2 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, on uh, oh, Twitch.tv slash the Fallout Hub channel. Ta-da! All right, everybody. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We'll be, we'll be back doing this thing on the Internet tomorrow, so come hang out with us there. And uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. And until next time, uh, I don't know come up with some cool lore stuff. I usually bring this rack around somehow, but today I can't really come up. Until next time, find a crazy mutated animal and ride on it. There we go. That's one. That's one for you. All right, everybody. Ride Thanks. something. Ride something. See you later. <laughs> to plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. This podcast was brought to you in part by our patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast, including our tier five patrons. Thank you so much to Firewriter for supporting the show. Also, if you're interested in business inquiries, advertising on the show, or applying to be a podcast on the Robots Radio Network, send me a message at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or robotsnetwork at gmail.com You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 